Last summer, I hired a fly fishing guide to take me out on a new section of river that I'd never done before. Mm. And the shop gave me uh, options. They said, hey, you want, you know, I'll say Dale. And Dale's like this, he's in his 30s. He's Could you amazing, see him all? You know. Could you see him all? No, they, it, it was over the phone. <laughs> they were I was describing this. Yeah, I was <laughs> describing him. You can have Dale uh, or, or you can have George. Yeah. And, and, and George moves a little slow these days, but boy, he sure knows that river. Right. And I said, give me George. Mm. Are you kidding me? Like, I want to spend time with the man who has spent time on that river. I don't want the new shiny thing. I don't want the, the guy that's got the amazing, you know, 80 yard cast and can handle a fly rod like nobody's business. I, I want the older guy right. who has walked this river most of his life. Yes. Are you kidding me? Welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast, friends, John Eldridge, Bart Hansen here in part two of a conversation about aging, meaning, uh, about the fourth quarter in our lives, but uh, just about the journey of accepting the transitions that come in each stage of life with the reality of, of age. So yeah, welcome back, Bart. Really looking forward to part two here. You ended the show last time with a phrase that we hardly spent any time talking about. I actually want to pick up with it. You talked about letting go. Why is that significant to you right now? What do you mean by learning to let go? Yeah, there were kind of two categories of that, John. One was to, to live in this fourth quarter. How, how do you live in this fourth quarter? Choosing to live. Choosing to live. And then... What is it that we need to let go of? For example, what, yeah. are you, what are you having to let go of? Yeah, I think anyone that's, that's in this fourth quarter and stage, they, they have to look at probably every category of their life and downsize. We had to let go of running. Right, right. I mean, and it goes to my closet, you know, there's that suit I haven't worn for I don't know, 15, 20 years, but man, it's still a sharp looking suit, but hadn't worn it for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> Need to get rid of that thing, yeah. you know? And that's a metaphor for so much in our life. Yes. Is there's just a lot of cobwebs and, and a lot of things that that we do and have done that we, we just need to let go of. Um, and that that can add to the diminishment, oh, yes. right? It's, it's that downsizing yes. Yes. thing. Yeah, like it's, you know, the warfare that comes on is, you're done. You used to wear that suit to the successful dinner meetings and all of those things and the awards programs and all of that. And so you hang on to that and it's just, it, it's a physical piece of what's going on in our hearts and our mind and the war that we're fighting about the fourth quarter. And the letting go is real. Yes. And the letting go can be painful. If we do not have God there yes. interpreting for us, yes. right? What I'd love to go into in part two here this week are some of the things that you and I are learning. How do you embrace what God is doing in your life in this season? How do you embrace it, welcome it, enjoy it, walk with him in it? What are you discovering? Yeah, I, I think there's some... I, I think I use the word intentionality 
that I have to be intentional about knowing where I am in this part of my life and what are the disciplines of that? Um, you know, sometimes disciplines seem to kind of have a heartless character or a heartless flavor to them, but intentionality every day, let's admit it, most of our days are behind us. And the days that we have left, I want to intentionally yes. engage yes. in those days and get everything that God has for me in those days. So Stacy got me a book for Christmas that she heard you mention that you were reading, and it was um, War of Eagles. Uh-huh. Yes. Peter Townsend's yes. book. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, Royal Air Force. Yes. In the Battle of Britain. Yes. In World War II. Yes. Okay. That is like a 500-page book. And I, I have to say, I was very impressed when I opened it and went, holy cow, Bart's still reading 500-page <laughs> Books like is that what you mean? Is that part oh of yeah your... yeah John? I think I think that that's you know uh, number one keep learning. We have to keep learning. When when we start to think that you know we're kind of done with that, I th I think our mind atrophies and that's how we become forgetful. And if we're just not engaging our minds in things, and, I, and one of the best ways to do that is to read. And I mean that book was. Yeah, one incredible book, and um, but to widen her our horizons to things like that at this age, it's a very healthy thing. Oh it, my! It gosh. keeps us young. Yes, exactly. Like, what are you curious about, friends? What do right. you What do you want to learn? What are you interested in reading? Been reading a lot of history myself mm. lately as well. Really curious about early navigation of the oceans of the world and who did it and what were the ships they were using. I'm just curious about a field that is totally outside yes. my career. Right. To grow, to learn, to keep my mind keen. Yes. I think my reading is kind of in two categories. One is to feed my spiritual hunger and to feed my spiritual maturity and, and my relationship with God. And then the books like, you know, Peter Townsend and in the War of Eagles. Uh, it's a very vital part of what I do. And, you know, sometimes it's good to just have someone read that to you. And it helps me to focus yes. and to be present with what I'm doing. And I think that's another discipline, John, that I really want to engage in. It's something I've struggled with a lot. I've, I tend to be distracted. I think when I look over my life, you know, sometimes when I'm engaged with people. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say instead of listening. Mm. I, I want to be a better listener. I'm thinking of a story about being present with people. And it, it happened, I don't know, probably 20 years ago. Living in Southern California, was going through a book, Dallas Willard's book, Spirit of the Disciplines. And we spent a long time on this book. And um, one of the guys, we we got to thinking, we said, well, you know, we're here in Southern California. Let's call, let's call Dr. Willard up and see if he'd meet with us. And the guy that was charged with that task got through to him and said, hey, we've been reading this book for like two years and we'd like to meet with you. And his, his response was, anyone that has spent two years on one of my books, I would be happy 
to meet with you. And so we went to, I think it was Norm's Cafe. It was just a little, you know, spot on a intersection in LA, a coffee shop that, you know, probably dates back to the 50s or early 60s, you know, one of those. That, and um, we met with Dallas. We started at seven in the morning and uh, we stayed there. We had breakfast and we had lunch. What? And, and there were five of us. And for the first hour, Dallas would say, I want to hear your story. And we all took about 20 minutes, you know, to kind of give him what we were doing. And then we engaged in this incredible conversation. And he would stop and say, hey, Bart, I heard what you said about Tana. What do you think she would think about what we just talked about? He was that engaged. John, if I had 10% of that, I'd be 2x of where I am right now. Being present. Being present. It brings honor. And it was one of the most significant spiritual days of my life that someone was listening and engaged to my story. Mm. I'll, I'll never forget that. And as we age, we have margin. Yes. To be present to people. We don't need to fill it with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And and being present isn't preaching. It's being Mm. a good listener Mm. and listening and then offering our counsel in the in the discipline of patience. Yes. And the fruit of patience and love and that. I mean, that's what that time with Dr. Willard was. I think he was he was uh, about 70 years old at that time. Wow. I love that story. What else? What else are you learning, pal? I, I think on, on the, uh, the health side, keep moving. We, we have to keep moving. You know, and okay. <laughs> I, I am, I'm sorry I'm laughing, but I remember a good scene. Okay. So great Netflix movie, The Two Popes. I don't know if you've seen that. I don't think that. I saw it. No. Oh, gosh. It's about aging Pope Benedict pulling in Francis. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, that amazing kind of historical transition to living popes has not happened before. Anyway, it's a great movie, but it's hysterical because they're both very old. And Benedict's got the Apple watch on that every yes. time if he sits too long, the little thing says, keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. <laughs> so he gets up and he keeps walking. Okay, so back to health. Oh yeah, I've, I've got. I've actually in my watch. I've got a. It's a vibration that that does that. If I get too still, it'll just kind of remind me of keep moving, keep moving. But and we're not talking about drivenness here. We're, we're talking about mm-hmm. movement is life. Yeah, and it's going to change over time. I like I said. I one day I just couldn't run. Couldn't yeah. run anymore. Um, I get in a pool, and my body can move in a pool. I used to ride a bike um, up up a mountain. Now I've got an electric bike to help me get up that mountain. But I'm still moving. Yeah. And so it's it's that it's accepting where we are, and still moving. Okay, electric bikes, guys. Like I just got to give a shout out for this. So Stacy has had two hip surgeries, two hip replacements. 
and she can't lift her leg over a conventional bike right. frame, right. you know, let uh-huh. alone uh-huh. Get, get on there and pedal for miles. So we found e-bikes last summer. Yes. And we, we would get on those and ride down these country roads laughing yeah. and just having an absolute <laughs> ball because here after 10 years, she's able to ride again. And there, there was almost like a, a young place in yeah, her heart yeah. that came alive at that. What I love to do on my e-bike is, you know, you get here in Colorado Springs, there's, I mean, there's a lot of really, really advanced riders, you know, they're out there on the road Serious bikes. road bikers, and, yeah. And I love coming up behind them on my e-bike and go, to your left. <laughs> Here's this 70-year-old guy, you know, pedaling this truck, and yes. they're, they're just moving, but you're going faster than they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else? So, you know, I think of of the story of Solomon, and um, he had the favor of God, and, and he had everything. I mean, God gave him everything, but but remember the first thing that he asked for was— Discernment. Yes, a wise and discerning heart. Yes. And of all of the Old Testament kings, his whole reign was prosperity and peace. The launch of that was he asked for discernment. And I think that's a humble place to be, to say, I I really don't have all the answers, and I'm leaning into God. And it puts us in a place that we're relying on our faith for God to communicate to us and to and to speak to us and to be intimate with us. So I think to ask for discernment, even at this age, as supposedly sages, it's the right place to be. Oh my gosh. It's huge. Because I, I had a conversation with Stacy over the last Christmas break as so we were mapping out the new year, looking at our calendar, consecrating, praying through things. I said, babe, we are living right now in our 60s at the same pace we were living at in the 50s. But, hun, the thing is, we were living in our 50s at the same pace that we were living in our 40s. Yes. So at 61 and 62, we are trying to live at the same pace mm. as 41 and 42. And I'm like, that's just not right. Like, that that lacks wisdom. Right. I don't want to do that. And so show us, Lord, back to letting go, show us. What do, what do we let yeah. go of? Yeah. What is it that we're still trying to cling to that's bringing us a sense of meaning or a sense of security or that we still have a role in the world? Like to let some of that go. Yes. Go, I don't need to live at the pace yes. that right. I was living at when I was 40. That's just not, not only is it not realistic, it, it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't need that for me. Right, right. I don't need that to prove something yeah. anymore. That just kind of brings up in me the whole thing about risk. Where are we taking risks today? We get barraged with all kinds of all kinds of things and opportunities and so forth. And you th- you hear of a great investment. You say, gosh, I got to go do my due diligence because that's really a hot deal. And, you know, I could make an incredible return on that when, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not the place. I need to let go of that kind of thing. And the risks that I need to take is, and I, you know, I define this in my talk at Wild at Heart is 
The epic adventure is risking loving people. That's what I want to do. That's where I want to put my capital. That's where I want to put my powder, is loving people. You know, it's the one of the greatest commandments that God has given, and every bit of that has eternal significance. When we talk about the worldview and the story that God is telling and where that intersects with my story, my gosh, I, I want to I love. I want to love. Some days I do okay. Some days I suck at it, you know? Yeah, but our lives are not going to be evaluated on the shiny. No. How much of the shiny no. did we have? And how much of the shiny did we hang on to yes. until the end? Yes. Right? They're going to be evaluated right. on love. Right. And mercy and forgiveness and the character of Christ being formed in us. Yes. And the joy that comes from that. I sure hope I'm a different man at 80 than I am today. Yes. I, I want to grow in my character. Right. I want to grow in love. And Lord, as we think about loving, it also fortresses our hearts against the hatred in the world in this hour. Mm -hmm. We're living at a time where spiritually, right. I don't just mean political differences, yes. I'm not talking about human relationships, but spiritually, the kingdom of darkness, fallen angels, have released so much hatred in yes. the world. The civil wars going on in different places, the racial tensions, the domestic violence, that I mean, all over you see the hatred that the enemy has released in the world. And as we face the issues around aging, that for a woman, she doesn't look like she looked mm -hmm. when she was 22. For a man, he, he doesn't have the strength yeah. that he had when he was 31. Like the realities of Oftentimes, especially into the fourth quarter, you're in a smaller house, or maybe you're in an apartment now. You might be in an assisted living facility. All of this sets us up in, in a vulnerability to the contempt of the enemy and the hatred in the world. You and I have been feeling it during this podcast. Right, exactly. We, we have had to stop. To stop and to pray it off. <laughs> to pray several times yes. during the recording, because I can feel what the enemy is upset about right now is that humanity is vulnerable in so many ways right now mm -hmm. and vulnerable to his hatred, to his contempt. Yes. It comes in as accusation. It comes in as diminishment. Fear. Comes in as fear yeah. and, and then reach for control right. and, and all of that. And we, we want to renounce that in the name of Christ because our value. And our meaning yes. comes from God. Yes. And it does not lessen over the course of our lives. It actually increases. It does. It does. I get to talk to a lot of people, you know, our allies and and people that are helping us in, in this ministry and sometimes offer myself, offer my life. And I find that some of the best things that I can offer in my life are my failures, the things that I remember, you know, work used to be everything to me 
It was my identity. And um, at the height of that, before I became a Christian, I got fired on Christmas Eve from my, from my job Oof. that was my 100% identity. Just God stripped me. Incredible embarrassment, but it was the beginning of God's undoing of of the broken man to to get to my heart to number one make a decision for Christ in my life. But as I look back over my life, the things that that I can offer are sometimes the things that my my biggest failures, the the things that I think were the the hardest things in my life. Not not the successes, not. The, all the business deals that I had done and all of that, I, those really just kind of have evaporated. And so what that tells me is, is that, and, and I think this is universal for every person in this part of life, your days, your days, and it's, it's what is Romans uh, 8.28, I believe, for all those called according to God's purpose, all things happen for good. We, we have something to offer. We yes. have something to offer. Yes. Yes. And we have to go to God. Yes. For our value and for love, to be anchored in his love, to be anchored in his esteem over our life. How else mm-hmm. are you going to fend off the accusation? Yeah. You, you can't right. do it by volunteering. Yes. <laughs> like it's not enough. Yes. You have to deal with the accusation and contempt by the power of the love of God and our identity is rooted in him. Who am I to you, Father? Yes. And and again, Norman McLean, late in his life, struggling with his identity and, and to ask, who am I to you, Father? What do I mean to you? And what is my role now? Where right. would you have me invest myself? Right, right. Well, I think I think it comes back to to sonship and to uh, that we are sons and daughters of God, and to, to know that that is that was true when we discovered it, when we're decades younger than we were, and it still is true today as it is then, that we're still sons and daughters of yes. God. Yes. I actually want to. I want to jump in here and connect something that you said earlier, may have been in last week, that. Many men and women don't develop a life with God in the height of their busy career years because things are shiny. Yes. And right. things are great. Yeah. They're, you know, making money or making a big ministry impact or, you know, yeah. they're doing professions going well. Yeah, they're doing what they want to do and and they're busy. And then they hit the fourth quarter and they don't get to skip the spiritual lessons, they suddenly discover, I need a life in God. And I want to say, do it, friends, do it. Like, don't put it off any longer. That is irreplaceable right. in your life, whether you are 30 or 80. Yes. It's our life in God that grounds us for an hour like the one that we're living in, that fortresses us against the diminishment. And so if you haven't built into that, you build into it now. That's right. That's right. You know, you you were you were talking just a few moments ago about just what all is loose in the world, the hatred, the 
the the, the spiritual things, the, all the, the countries invading one another, the pandemics. I mean, all of that is just sucking the life out of the planet. And I, uh, I met with a group of guys the other day and, and, um, uh, one guy says, well, let's, let's go around the table and let's tell us what you think's going on in the world today. Just give us your take on the world today. So there was just, you know, every, you know, well, I watched this and I watched this and I t- oh, saw gosh. this and I saw that and this was it. And so they got to me and said, Bart, what, what, what's your take on the world today? I said, my take on the world today is we just need Jesus. And it stopped everybody. And the whole conversation shifted of, oh, that's right. Because all these guys had a, they had a faith, but they'd been sucked in by the world. And, yeah. and so that's where we find ourselves. Yeah. So I think as, as an older person in the fourth quarter, looking at mortality with Actually, I'm welcoming mortality. I'm I'm looking forward to stepping in on the other side and seeing Eden, yeah. you know, and, and and participating in that. But I think that as we live in that, I think we can offer we can offer the world the fact that after living all of this, all of these stories that we've lived in the past, the answer is it's Jesus. It's our spiritual world, it's our connection with God. It's the worldview that we live. God yes. is telling a story and he's restoring what he intended. And we can be a part of that, even especially in this time of our lives. Yes. Yes. The promise of Eden. Eden yes. is about to come back, everybody. Yeah. Eden is about to take over the world. Yeah. And the hope of that, the reality of that allows us not to grasp yeah. We can let go of our career. We can let go of chasing validation. We can let go of the helm of a ministry, Mm -hmm. right? We can let go of things knowing that all things are going to be restored to us and very, very soon. Yes. I can be kind to my aging body Mm -hmm. and not demand well, I'm just going to work out harder. Yeah, I'm just going right. you know, I, 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 I'm not going to demand that I can live like I'm 40. I can be kind, mm-hmm. partly because I have the hope of total restoration. Mm-hmm. Total restoration is coming. Right. And for what I think what a lot of people is, well, so what, what do I do? What do I do today? You know, it's choosing to love. You're bringing the kingdom of God to do that, you mm-hmm. know? I sit down and go through your, I mean, Saturday I had some time and I, I went down, I went through my contact list and I found, I don't know, three or four guys. I just texted, hey, you know, I was thinking of them and something God brought up, hey, praying for you. And I just got this incredible response back. Oh my gosh, the timing was incredible for that. Mm. See, God works in all of those things. Yeah. Thousand points of love just... That don't take a lot of time. Yeah. But we choose love. Yeah. Bart, thanks for letting us into some of the things that you've been learning here as you step into your 70s, which is the second half of your fourth quarter. Right.
And I really appreciate your vulnerability in this. I think this speaks to the questions of aging at any stage in life. Yeah. What God is asking us to rise up to, what he's asking us to let go of. Well, maybe he'll... I'll have some overtime in this uh, in this quarter, but maybe <laughs> the game gets called earlier. But regardless, it's a time to to draw close to the heart of God in what He's doing in the world. We have an opportunity to do it when we were young and and look good, but I think our opportunities to do that now are even greater. 